have to win there. Painter understands it. Oh, anybody! God, I can't see the masses! Trying to save it. Jump ball here. And kept in play by Edwards. What a great numbers. Take the numbers. Edwards steps it in. It's Tuesday night. It's March 21st, 2023. You're listening to another brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tara Lee, along with my co-host Evan Webb, who's joining me from Illinois. Yes, sir. Illinois, see? I guessed right. I guessed right. Life on the road. Life on the road. Unfortunately, this will be the last Boiler Breakdown of the season. Uh, It's not not farewell. Yeah. But not official, like breakdown will it break down yes it's not it's not goodbye just see you later after tonight's episode we'll take a little break we'll pop in i don't know (laughs) what'd you say i may break down on this one i don't know we'll We'll, we'll pop in uh throughout the summer maybe some interviews with some guests maybe some trivia episodes anything breaking news we'll we'll in the moment uh make a podcast but covering purdue men's basketball for the 2022-2023 season this is unfortunately the last episode like i said last week when we ended we were hoping we were coming to you this week with a preview of the sweet 16 Mm -hmm. if not we'd be doing a season recap i think we both thought if we were doing a season recap it'd be due to a loss at the hands of memphis or florida atlantic Mm -hmm. and not fairly dickinson uh yeah I really don't even know what to say. It's still, <laughs> it's been what it was Friday night, so it's been three days. Four, almost it's still fresh. Four days, but yeah, it's the uh, the grieving is not over. It's still fresh. How do you how do you handle losses like this, or how are you handling this one compared to losses in the past? I should ask. Whenever I think it's it's shifted in the last couple of years. Um, I just I think just because of I think the teams get more and more likable I feel like but I feel like I mean during the season we lose I'm pissed you know it ruins my night you know as the stupid sports do yep. um you know football ruins my week basketball ruins you know until the next it's nice thing about basketball as we discussed is you have most likely have a game in three or four days right. um this, but whenever we lose in the tournaments nowadays I'm just sad um, just because it's like, you know, we will never again have this iteration of this team, um, you know, in front of us, you know, obviously we could have everybody back next year minus, but we won't have Jenkins. So it's not the same, you know, who knows what can happen. Um, but usually it's just a lot of sadness just cause, you know, I, I, you know, I've enjoyed the season. I've enjoyed, you know, as, as frustrating as at times, um, it's still, you know, it's better than what we, you know, almost didn't have in 2021 or what we couldn't do in terms of going to games at Mackey in 2021. Um, but then usually after a day, probably usually the next day is when like the anger kind of starts creeping up. You know, I think about, you know, depending on how the game went, you know, turnovers, what, you know, or the fact that it was fairly freaking Dickinson that we lost to as a 16 seed and just like seeing Twitter and, you know, every single news app that's on your phone is pushing a notification of number 16 seed, Fairleigh Dickinson beats number one Purdue. Um, 
then I kind of want to start punching walls. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of where I've at, you know, I, I, you know, some other things have happened in my life where, you know, I'm trying to have perspective, but you know, and I was, you know, I was actually fairly okay on Friday night, you know, I was sad, but I was like, you know, Hey, it's the game, you know, whatever. But then usually, but then Saturday I was just like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Like I'm so mad. Like I'm depressed, <laughs> you know, I'm depressed, you know, not clinically, but just, you know, you know what I mean? Um, to where like, I was trying to watch basketball just to, like, you know, Hey, you know, it's a, you know, I love basketball. I love college basketball. I love the tournament. You know, I don't want it, you know, to ruin it. But I was like, I started watching the game. I was like, I can't do this. Like I, I turned a couple games on, we turned it off and you know, played mad and had to do something, watch the movie. Like I was like, this is, I'm just so sad. <laughs> Ray here on Facebook said, it's still very fresh, a whole lot of disbelief, and a long drive back from the stadium Friday night. Well, appreciate you being there. I know we wanted to be there, but we couldn't, couldn't make it happen. But, yeah, appreciate all the Boy Nation who was able to make the somewhat short drive out to Columbus, depending on where you're from. I heard that same testament from my parents, said it was a long drive home on Friday night. But I'm kind of with you there, Webby. I, uh, I seem to... At least this year, and, and we didn't have too many of them, luckily. I seem to handle regular season losses better this year than I have in a while. I'd be angry, angry the day of or the night of, and then the next day, sometimes still angry, but two days later, I, I was good yeah. to go, ready for next game. But I find myself, I don't know if it's getting older and, you know, just like going through the experience or what, every year when we lose an attorney, I'm getting worse. <laughs> Um, this year was watching the game live was about as bad as I've acted probably during a game in a couple of years. Uh, mm. I apologize to my fiance cause she had mm. never seen me like that. I was giving her anxiety by have myself having anxiety during the game. Um, and, and you know, it, it just makes me think, you know, we want it so bad as fans. You got to think how the players and coaches, oh how God. bad they yeah. want it. Um, uh, but you know, going back to the upsets, 2011, when we got upset by VCU, they ended up making the Final Four, so that then mm. Steen as bad. And at the time that night, I just remember thinking, we ran into a buzzsaw. Like, this yeah. team just, just good. I remember that um, one being pretty – because I was actually at that game in Chicago. Um, I was I as well. Really sad cause it was like – it was the end of an era. Yeah, and with the – you know, obviously Robbie had been hurt that year, but, you know, Juwan and Etwan were gone. You know, there was no more, you know, especially for us. You, know, you were a freshman at that year. Yeah. I was a senior in high school, but like that was such a critical, you know, point in our, you know, fandom. You know, obviously, right. you were now a student. You know, I was, you know, going, getting ready to be a student. Gotta be, yeah. Um, it, it was just like, you know, I remember like, I mean, Robbie was my favorite player. You know, and, you know, he was a freshman in, high, in college when I was a freshman in high school, you know, starting to like play serious basketball. And so it was like that one sucked because of just that, that. And same with the, next year's loss against Kansas. It was like, God, my favorite player is, you know, I'm never going to see him ever play in a pretty uniform again, which really sucked. Uh, the next upset loss, 2016 Little Rock. That was just unbelievably frustrating just because yep. of the unbelievable bounces of the ball and the breaks mm-hmm. Little Rock was getting. And I felt like that Purdue team really had some momentum going into the tournament and could have made some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one, it, it, again, that one for me, I was, you know, kind of, there was a tweet that was out, you know, all these losses and I was trying to remember like where I was for each one of them. But yeah, that one I was at a B dubs. I had just, I was two months into my, you know, big boy job out of college and I was watching in B dubs. And I think Indiana was playing like shortly afterwards, not the same, you know, not the same stadium, but like, you know, they were on, you know, right after a different channel. So the place started filling up in Indianapolis, started filling up with IU fans. So like they were going crazy. So I was just like, I was just mad because of just the environment I was in. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, I remember that was just like, you know, especially coming off the year before where, you know, I wasn't able to watch that game, but we blew a game against Cincinnati. So it was like, yeah, you know, that one, I was mad at the officials. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Ray and, you know, AJ not being able to, you know, going out and, you know, two NCAA appearances, but zero wins to show for it was pretty tough, but yeah. yeah. And then the, uh, the North Texas one, that one doesn't bother me as much as any mm-hmm. of the rest, just because it was such a weird season that year yeah. with the tournament being in the bubble in Indianapolis. I mean, it still stunk because we shouldn't have lost that game. Right. But, you know, we were so young. We're like, okay, you know, we'll be back yeah, next it year. Was like, yeah, it was like, you know, you know, we had no expectations for that year. I and mean, that was probably yep. one of the more fun seasons. One, we were able to get basketball when we thought we weren't sure we we're going to get a basketball season. But just the fact that. We were seeing Newman for the first time. We were seeing, you know, what Ivy was blossoming before our very eyes. You know, Edie was a revelation. And so it was like, I mean, yeah, it sucked. It was like, you know, I'll chalk it up to to youth. You know, we're, we're pretty young. You know, again, like you said, weird, weird scenario. We're all playing all Indianapolis, you know, and I think North Texas was an older team. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But yeah, it was like, it's like we're going to have everybody back. Like, yep. you know, this was just kind of found money that we were even a four seed or whatever. So. Then last year's, of course, against St. Peter's 15th seed, the furthest of 15 seeds ever made it. In mm-hmm. tournament history, maybe Princeton will break that this year. Maybe they'll get to the Final <laughs> Four. Uh, but uh, that one stunned just because it looked like we had a real good chance, definitely a good chance to make the lead eight, but mm-hmm. maybe even a really good chance to go to New Orleans in the Final Four. Um, and it just, you know, Jay Ivey had arguably his worst game of his career. It was just mm-hmm. a horrible time for that to happen. And then, of course, Friday nights this year's was just – even worse, just because 23-point yeah. favorites against Fairleigh Dickinson. The coach made those comments after their playing game against Texas Southern. And, mm-hmm. you know, our guys were saying they're going to use this motivation. And just from the get-go, I hate saying this, but it looked like they wanted it more. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was like, you know, I was really hoping that, you know, Purdue would come out and, you know, just assert their dominance of like, okay, like, you know, you had your fun, but, you know, it's, it's big boy basketball time. Like, this is why we're one seed for a reason, you know. You can prep all you want for Zach Eady, but until you play him, just you you can't unless you've got him, you can't prep for it. And it looked like from the start that I was like, man, he looks scared to you know because he's so big because they're so small. Like I, I wonder if he was. It just it seemed from my perspective that he was scared to be physical for the fact that if he you know did his normal move, he may send the guy flying, and all of a sudden he's got a he's got an offensive foul. You know, thirty seconds into the game, so that when they were and they were getting to the lane really easily. Um, yeah, I, right. I was right there with you. I was like, from the get go, I was like, "Ooh, this is like, you know, we're, we need to, you know, at some point we need to stop playing around and, you know, show who we can be." And you know, I, I, I kind of figured the first half was probably going to be a little tight because you see that sure. time, you know, one seeds, you know, play out of their mind or not one seed, sixteen seeds play out of their mind. You know, they're they're amped up, they've got nothing to lose. But then second half rolls around and just just the sheer. Um, you know, size or athleticism of the, of the one seed kind of, you know, pulls through. And, you know, we even saw it, you know, the night before Houston, they struggled with the mm-hmm. seed and partly because Marcus Sasser was, was hurt and didn't play much, but you know, they were able to find a way to pull it out. I was like, this can be the same thing, you know, pretty right. the same thing. And then they didn't. Yeah. It's, it's like our, our good friend who's a big Illinois fan. And I remember when this happened in 05, you know, Illinois 05 team was one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they didn't win the national championship. They were runner up to North Carolina, but they only lost two games that whole year, Ohio State and North Carolina. And they were either up one or down one to fairly Dickinson a half, ended up pulling it out by like 10 or 12. I thought that was going to be reminiscent of our game. We'd, we'd struggle, we'd, we'd end up pulling it out. But I was, you know, nervous the whole game throughout. But when I got really nervous and was like, okay, this is real. It was about five minutes to go in the game. 
Oh, that's when you that's when you realized it. That's when I got really like nervous. Like mm-hmm. these guys are not even like eight nine minutes in. I'm like, okay, we can still go on a stretch and just put mm-hmm. these guys away and they'll quit maybe. But five minutes ago, I'm like, okay, this is this is gonna come down to the buzzer. That's when I started realizing like every possession was crucial. When I kind of realized like this, I have a like when because I had I mean I had you know it could just be just being negative, but like halftime I was like okay. We're down. We played like absolute crap, but you know, hey, we're only down two. Like, okay, that's that's fine. You know, hit a couple shots. You know, get it going. But then when Purdue went on like a what, like a ten zero run to go up right. like six, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. Yeah. They immediately came back. I was like, crap. Yeah. I think that was like eight minutes left in the second half. I was like, this is not going to end the way I wanted to end. I think like that's when I like the the pit in my stomach got really real. I think it was around that. I think it might have been before that. I had to turn the. I had to mute the TV. I'd never. I've never done that before. But Lapis, whatever the hell his name is, he was driving me absolutely crazy. Yeah. And then in the second half, when you know the next game's crowd was getting into it, you know when they were they'd hit three or hit a shot, I'd be like, and the crowd would, would roar, I'd be like this is, I can't take this. Like I just got to put it on mute. And that was I couldn't. I didn't even want to sync up with the radio because I didn't trust my streaming service with with the radio. So I was like, I'm going to try. It was just going to distract me. But yeah. Yeah, I just had to. I had to watch the game on you. And actually, I was actually going back to your point. Where you said this was one of the worst games you like acted. I was actually surprised. Like usually, when in these games, like Maryland, I was bad. Northwestern, I was horrible. Indiana, both games, I was pretty bad. Like this game, I was like the most like like trying to be confident. Is like okay, we like we're good. Like we got this. Like I usually don't do that. <laughs> like usually, I'll do it in my head, but I was like you know vocalizing it. Um, just trying to <laughs> project some confidence to this team because they desperately needed it. It was just, it was, you know, anger, frustration, just kind of disbelief. Like, is oh, this yeah. really happening again? Like, this can't yeah. be happening again. You know, and as Boiler Max says here on YouTube, how does a team that won the regular season and the Big Ten tournament look so unconfident in the second half? Great question. I wish I had the answer to that because I think that's what we're all wondering in Boilermaker Nation because hit the nail on the head. They look pretty confident all year and then. Towards the end of the game, I mean, not only were we missing wide open shot after wide open shot, got to the point last few minutes in the game, we had guys passing up wide open shots yeah. and thinking. You could just see they were thinking so much and oh, yeah. just the confidence wasn't there. I think the pressure was just too much for them I to handle. Was, yeah, just the the fact that it was like, wow, we are we are on the brink of being the second number one seed too loose to it. I think it just, yeah, just... I mean, they're human. I mean, as much as we want to, you know, talk about how tough they are, but I mean, they are human, and these things happen, unfortunately. But they do. It, it just. I think. I think part of it too is, you know, I mean, we we you know, obviously, as we've kind of seen the fallout from the Big Ten, you know, laying a big fat egg in the tournament outside from Michigan State. You know, it comes down to guard play, and I love our guards, and I think I don't want to sound like excuses because I feel like the last couple of years you could talk. It's like I feel like it's just bad timing. Like I feel like. Jaden Ivey got too good too fast to where he was a you know lottery pick his second year when if we had Jaden Ivey on this team like like we as we desperately need someone who could create their own shots we didn't have that I mean Lawyer tried but we're just getting killed out there you know all season um, but like you know he got good too fast you know I think and same with these freshman guards like you know they were really good so we had to play them but I think they were just it was just you know especially nowadays like we're with these COVID years where you're playing you know, 24 year old men and you're 18, 19 years old. Like it's a big difference. And I think, you know, unfortunately, like, which I'm excited for, but I think, you know, in two years, these guys will be what we need coming down the stretch, like in a March to make a March run. 
It's a good way to put it. I mean, I, and I know Braden and Fletcher, they did not have – if Fletcher didn't play well for the last month of the season, Braden no. probably had his one of his worst, if not his worst game of the year mm-hmm. against Fairleigh Dickinson. And they struggled, and they're taking a lot of heat, especially on social yeah. media, um, which is tough because they were 18-year-olds playing against 22- and 23-year-olds on Fairleigh mm-hmm. Dickinson guards. But I'm not going to make excuses for these guys. <laughs> but I will say they're probably – Two of the three best freshman guards I've seen at Purdue in my lifetime, the other one being Etwan Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's saying something. I think they got very bright futures ahead, like you pointed out. But um, it was rough the other night, and I got on them quite a bit mm-hmm. yelling at the TV. Because um, I thought, you know, I thought Edie played well. Um, you know, he's. He did what he needed to do. Did what he needed to do. He's probably going to be the national player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Mason Gillis played hard. He didn't have the great game, though, but he played hard. And then I thought a lot of other guys just unfortunately didn't play well. And yeah. uh, it's just it's what, what frustrates me the most is this team did not shoot well the last month outside of the Ohio State game in the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> and I think we got good shooters on oh, this I, roster. I really, I really do, which I know, and, that, again, I mean, we're probably into it, but like with the whole Painter situation, like people like, you know, Painter said all year we've got good shooters, but it's like, at some point, numbers don't lie. <laughs> right, right. And, and I just feel like if somebody could have hit a few and got a mm-hmm. rhythm or just a few more shots fall, we win that game Friday. But that's part of basketball. You have to make shots. And that's one thing a coach can't do. You know, right. um, Matt Painter's catching a lot of criticism. And some some is, some is fair. Yeah. You some know, is some is deserved because, honestly, something's got to change going into the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. This can't continue to happen. Or, you know, no matter how well he does during regular season Big Ten tournament, at some right. point, that's yeah. eventually not going to matter. Um, but he can't go out and make shots. His office can get open shots, and that's mm-hmm. what they were. It was getting open shots, like mm-hmm. Robbie Hummel pointed out on the Field of 68 podcast, but they just couldn't make them. And it's just frustrating, though. Uh, I mean, the tournament as a whole shooting numbers are down this year. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to blame the ball. The ball's probably got something to do with it, but at the same time. Something about the rims, too, about how, like, it's yeah. just like sites, but I mean, at. Both teams are shooting, like in Fairleigh Dickinson right. shots. And what's crazy right. is they get more points in the paint, which is right. wild. Right, right. It just – yeah, the stats, you could throw all the stats out the window. I mean, they were one of the worst defensive teams statistically coming in this game. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter Friday night. Um, they wanted more. They made the plays when they needed to, and we didn't. And we got sent home in an embarrassing yeah. way, and just frustrating. Yeah, that was – and going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, like there was, you know, even like – I mean, it was so close, which is like – that's where I was like, hold on. It's like, cases, you know, it's not like they're, they're – like they pulled away at the end. It was like, you know, last, you know, two minutes, it was just, you know, us trying to play catch-up. It was mostly, you know, like it was always like a, you know, one-possession game. And then there was a play. I think it was like a minute left. They missed a shot, and we had four guys around the ball, and no one went for it. And the Predators player went and got sure. it. And I was like – I was like, what is it? Like, I was like, that's it. Like, like – microcosm of the game right there like they just wanted it more like you know they're just you know scared to knock it out on each other but it's just like we had four guys right there and no one like they all just kind of like looked at each other for a second yep which was just like yeah i mean it's it sucks because you know these, we love this team and love you know obviously still love this team and love these guys and you know they're great players but it's just like this was just so frustrating it's like god just a couple plays like a couple plays go our way and you know a couple shots fall like we don't have to shoot our average we just shoot below average Know, slightly below average, you know, shoot 30% from three that game, and we probably well, we missed some free throws too. Yeah, we missed some free throws too. Yeah. I mean, Edie had a free throw that would have got us up seven. You were talking about when mm-hmm. we were up six. Um, just little things, and, and you know, this team has been fun to watch. One of my favorite Purdue teams of my lifetime, 
you know, Big Ten regular season champs, Big Ten tournament champs, first team to do that in school history to be both champs in the same season. But unfortunately, when we all look back on this 2022-2023 men's basketball team for Purdue, they're going to be known as the team that lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. It's not going to matter what they did before then. That's the unfortunate thing. The The world of college basketball for most fan bases, not all, not for the Fairleigh Dickinson fans or the mm-hmm. little tiny, even Princeton, it's not what you did in the regular season mm-hmm. for the conference or non-con conference, conference tournament. It's what can you do for us in the three-week right. tournament that's become March Madness and that – that's just the way it is. I think social mm-hmm. media has turned it into that. I think there's a lot of things that have made it into what it is, and it is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, but I mean, it, people like with you know, legalized sports betting, you know, everybody's betting now, so all, everybody's tuning in to these types of games. I mean, we had a friend who made a decent amount of money because he bet, you know, presidents and just why not? I mean, if it's a throwaway bet, you know, you can bet a little bit. And but yeah, it's just that's what sucks because like I mean, I enjoy the regular season so much because there's so much. I mean, there's so many great games like. You know, Big Ten is so much fun to watch. You know, I I, I tried. I told myself before the season I was going to try and watch less basketball this year because last year stressed <laughs> me out so much. Didn't happen. I was I was tuning in, especially when Purdue was you know down the stretch. You know, we needed certain teams to lose, and I was you know tuning in a lot more to other games. But yeah, that's, that's what sucks. I mean, obviously, I mean, we love the tournament. It's the greatest greatest yep. season there is. Um, while also sometimes it being the worst way to crown a champion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're telling me Princeton's one of the 16 best teams in the country. Right. Like, but it's right. just, right. I mean, but it just doesn't, it, as Gene Katie said, it doesn't matter who you play, it's when you play them. <laughs> I'm still scared the NCAA is going to screw it up someday. They're going to expand it or something, and it's not going to be the same because I don't trust them with anything. I don't trust them with anything to do. So uh, I got a couple questions here from Boiler Max I want to hit on before uh, we kind of um, talk about our next point. He says, you think uh, Painter's experience with the 13 and 14 rosters changes attitude towards the profile of player that he recruits to the backcourt. Who's the best true one in the last 10 seasons? He follows that up with, uh, no hate for Braden Smith and lawyer. Dudes are true freshmen. Asking them to turn that game around was unfair. I think, I mean, his first point, his attitude definitely changed. I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean it's documented about how he had to, which is why, like, the fire painter stuff and all that, like I'm, you know, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. So if you're tuning in here to hear me say, I want painter gone, sorry. Like, I'm, yep. Me I too. definitely fall into the painter apologist. I mean, obviously he definitely deserves some criticism. Um, but until he shows that he's just not going to change at all, like what's, I mean, this is definitely a perfect time to show, you know, what he's made of. But I think, you know, he did it with after 13, 14 seasons when, you know, we were, we were at the bottom of the big 10. He, you know, he reevaluated how, you know, who he went after, how he went after people, and we haven't missed a tournament since. So right. I think like obviously like you know, last year stuck with this is you know, this is probably rock bottom. As as a rock bottom as you can get outside of being the last of the Big Ten and you know missing tournament. Um so I definitely think I hope I, I hope he kind of reevaluates, you know, how he structures his roster. Um I love Zach, um, you know, way more than I thought I ever would. Um, but it's just I mean he can only take you so far. I mean, we kinda saw it last year with, with Kentucky, Oscar Sheboy, national player of the year bounce in the first i mean granted i mean it could have just caught you know st peter's on a hot day but like you know they you know nash played didn't go very far pretty this year um you know even like last year with gonzaga you know chet holmgren big man you know, they even had some decent guards on that team sweet 16 got bounced um it's just weird but it's you, a guards game the guards game we saw it you know the miami indiana game the other night like oh. it was so much fun to watch like 
they were just, I mean, as Rossi says, more guards than Shawshank. There was like everybody that came off the bench was a guard, I feel like, except for like two guys who were just changing for each other. Um, you you know just what? looked at the two teams. Sorry to cut you off. You, lo- you looked at the two teams and you're just like, IU has stands no chance. Like right. Galloway was trying to guard. I don't even know. I don't think it was Juan. I don't know who it was. Guy shook him out of his shoes three times one time on a possession. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know anybody in the Big Ten that could have yeah. guarded that team. And the, the Big Ten style plays so different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is more physical, big man ball. It's not small ball. And, and, and that's a frustrating thing. Purdue's not losing to, I don't know. They didn't make the tournament, but like I'm just throwing out of school, Florida or right, you know the Providences of the world, whoever they're losing yeah. these double seed mid majors who they play had to small golf to get in. Yes, just, like yeah, they like they had no. Well, fairly Dickinson didn't because you know Merrimack can't <laughs> go to the NCAA tournament, yeah. which they should have back to back years. But you know these teams that go small ball, spread you out with four guards. Um, I mean, fairly Dickinson was the smallest. Team not only in a tournament, but in all of college basketball. And I would love to see Elliot Bloom this next year, if he can, get some small ball teams that will spread us out with guards mm-hmm. in the Mackey to play them. Yeah. Because our only two non-conference losses in the last two seasons has come in the tournament, St. Peter's mm-hmm. and Fairleigh Dickinson. I mean, we swept our actual non-conference schedules, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, we beat Gonzaga, Duke, West Virginia, Florida Marquette. State, yeah. Marquette, uh, Butler last year. Uh, I don't even remember who else we played last year off the top yeah. of my head. Um, it's just, it's just that's so frustrating. It's we got to figure out a way to. I mean, North Carolina last year, Villanova North, last year. Yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, got to figure out a way to get past this small this hurdle that small ball and and after I the mean, game like and what part of what kind of i mean especially like because we saw it last year we saw it this year like with the tournament again like the, the tournament is when i would you could probably argue 75 percent of college basketball fans tune in oh sure you know it's it's against the most exciting postseason there is in the sports you know you got you know kenny smith charles barkley um and some other guys i can't remember um, ernie johnson ernie johnson clark kellogg which i like a lot of those guys but like Kenny Smith was just like dogging Purdue afterwards. And it was just like, he picked him in the final four too. That's probably yeah, why. Yeah, probably why. But I was just like, I bet you haven't even watched Purdue outside of like some highlights. Like, cause he's an NBA guy. I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously a North Carolina guy too. Um, but he was just like, you know, he's like, he was like, oh, you can't like, you, you know, you've had to have played somebody. But what's nice was like Clark Kellogg was like, nope, because Clark Kellogg, he's like, you know, he's does CBS, he does college basketball all the time. He's like, nope, there's, they played nobody like this in the Big Ten because the closest was probably Maryland. And even then, they had some legit post guys. Like, right. it's just, you know, yeah, just kind of like with, you know, preparing for ED, you can't prepare for it unless you right. have it. <laughs> right. And we don't have it. Carl here on YouTube says, uh, as a longtime fan, 58 years, this is just another disappointing year. I completely support the team and coaching staff, but I will no longer pay any attention after February 28th. I've seen some other posts similar to that. Um, yeah. I will I, I will not say that's what I will do, but I will tell you for certain we could go undefeated through the whole season and the Big Ten tournament, be the number one overall seed, and I'm going to have PTSD and be as nervous as ever. I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think that's, that's granted. Um, but, you know, I, I keep telling myself, one of these days, you know, you keep putting yourself in good position, and it's a good position I'm talking about, top four seed or so. You keep knocking on the door, it's eventually going to break down. But the thing, like, with this, like, the reason we've lost to these double-digit seeds outside of, you know, last year, which we beat a double-digit seed in the first game, 
is like it's because we're a high seed. It's because we've played well. That's the thing. Like you can't lose to a double digit seed, most likely unless you were a good right. team. Which is, you've yeah, already put yourself in that position yeah, to succeed. I get just... people, you know, say like you know, we don't care about the Big Ten, which I I get to a point, but it's also like, you know, if you don't do well in the Big Ten, aka Michigan, you ain't getting in. Like yeah. unless you just absolutely blow away your non-con and, you know, schedule, you know, the best teams in the country and beat them right. all. But, if, but then I don't know why you wouldn't be beating the big 10, but it's like, if right. I mean, Michigan's a great example. They floundered in their few chances they had in the, in the, in the preseason or pre-con and then were mediocre in the in a mediocre big 10. And then they got bounced in the NIT. Um, so it's like, it's kind of that, like, you know, with the whole like structuring the roster, it's like, you, you know, well, we don't care about beating the big 10, but it's like, if you're not good, then you're not getting in. <laughs> right. And I would say, I know, okay, Michigan State could change the statement that I'm going to say if they win two games this week, but I would still rather be us than any team in the Big Ten this season because we got yeah. Big Ten regular season championship and a Big Ten tournament championship. Everybody else either didn't make the tournament or is already bounced after two rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State's the lone team still playing in Sweet 16. Like I said, they could beat um, they could beat Kansas State, then either uh, um, Florida Atlantic or Tennessee – go to the final four and change what I just said. So mm-hmm. I'd swap them in a heartbeat then. But um, I mean, besides that, at least we do have some stuff to hang our head on. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Friday night's loss kind of definitely takes some shine off of all that oh, as well. I mean, then you see like, you know, the announcement of, you know, Edie being in run, or finals for player of the year and then Painter being in finals for coach of the year, which you didn't see Chris Collins on that list. That's weird. Um, <laughs> but like, just like the comments of like, you yeah. know, I, I, I saw like two, I was like, I can't like, this is like, I know it's coming. But yep. it, yeah, it sucks. I have not. I, I've stayed away from the message boards. I, I I've I've got on Twitter, but I've stayed away from the boards completely. I've stayed Art. away from reading articles. I I just can't do it. Um, you know, again, like it's just like just the what's what sucks the most is just. I mean, Purdue was a laughing stock. That's what just sucks. Yep. Like you know, like St. Peter's is one thing. You know, it sucks. But it's like at least it was like okay, it was a Sweet Sixteen. I get it. Like it was embarrassing. Embarrassing. It's. I mean, it's not like we're Alabama, which is like you want to talk about embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Shout <laughs> uh, out to Nick Saban for subtweeting NATO. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like you know, it, it sucks, and you know, it's you know, joke at our expense, you know, whatever. But it's like, man, this like, this this is bad. This is bad. Like when you got who was it? Pat Forty calling Purdue a dumpster, you know, dumpster, you know, a fiery dumpster floating down the Wabash. I was like, my God, like this. If if, if I said what I think of Pat Forty, I had to put explicit on this and I'm not going to do that. So it's like, just like stuff like that. You see, it's like, I know just like just dunked on every national, right? Which is like, so, cause like, you know, it's, it's what sucks to do. Cause like two weeks ago, everybody's like, you know, Everybody loves Painter. You know, I know yeah. his his peers love you know his peers love him. You know, he's always been you know best coach to not reach a Final Four so far. Like you know, and all of that kind of stuff. But it's like you know now it's just like ugh. like you know the reputation starting to the narrative is definitely changing. Well, well that's the thing. He's so he's so well respected. I think if Purdue was to get rid of him in the near future, uh, we would struggle to get anybody near his level or a name coach we'd have to go after some young guy and hope we'd strike gold because i think a lot of people are like nope if matt if they, they're not if they're gonna let go of matt after all he's done we're not going there so i mean i could be completely wrong there but that's just my take on things um I think it, right and um before i get into my next thing on matt here uh boiler max on youtube has another question uh what does changing the roster look like that will improve his chances in march slash april 
I mean, we're adding some athleticism just already with, you know, we've got Camden Heidi who's coming off a red shirt. You know, if you've been to Mackey, you know, and watch warmups or pregame, you know, before the team actually warms up, you've seen this kick and jump out the gym. You know, he's supposed to be, I think, a pretty decent shooter, but he's just athletic. He's long. He's a wing, which, again, is kind of how the game is, you know, evolving within college basketball. You, know, you see it in the NBA, it's just you've got a bunch of wing players and, and then guys who can handle the ball, then maybe, you know, a big who can stretch the floor. Um, so, you know, you hope that he can, you know, after having a year of being able to practice and, you know, learn that he can step in and hopefully be a step in for a good role. And then, you know, adding Miles Colvin, who is probably going to be the best athlete on the team next year, but he's a freshman. And he's a freshman who hasn't played at the highest level. I mean, he's he's from Indianapolis, so he's you know he's you know some good talent, but his school isn't very good. Didn't play on you know the main AAU circuits, which you know you, you just wonder about the level of competition. That's you know is he just is he looking so good because he is that good, or just because he's playing against you know two A Indiana high school players? Which no offense to two A players, since I was one, but <laughs> um, he would look amazing compared to me. So. And Willie Berg too. William Berg, um, yep. it's got to be a different type of center. Um, I think you have to go like when it comes to, like you know obviously we lose Jenkins. You know, yep. we'll probably lose just because of the nature of college basketball. We may lose one more to yeah. you know, transfer or, or two. You never know. I'm not yep. going to speculate because you know I don't want to lose anybody. Because I love this team, but like I feel like you have to get a guard who can either create their own shot or just a, a good ball handler that can you know take the pressure off of Braden. I got to ask this question. I'm surprised nobody's asked this so far, but uh, on March 21st, 2023, if you had to make a prediction or you do have to make a prediction, I'm making you make a prediction right now. Zach Eady, is he a boiler next year or is he in the NBA? Oh, so you're saying in the NBA. That's, that's the, that's the one that I think that's the part that's the trick. Or, or assume, oh, assume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Assume it. Or is he a boiler or not? There we go. Uh, assuming he doesn't transfer somewhere, which I don't think that ever happened. No. That's I go back and forth so yep. much. Like there's some days like there was like I think after the game I was like, he's coming back. Like there's like competitor in him, like you know, he's post game conference, you know, he loves Purdue, but he's a smart kid. But then I was like, eh, like his stock <laughs> is never gonna be higher. Like no. it's gonna be hard. I mean, he could come back, yeah, he could repeat national player, of the year, but it's gonna be hard to do that. Um just because I feel like just like from a, a media, I mean, I feel like you didn't see Sheboy's name mentioned in National Granite because Kentucky sucked for a long time before they He did it. everything he could the other night, but it didn't yeah. matter. Um, I feel like he takes his chance and goes. Um, I, I, I would say you're right. And I wouldn't blame him one bit. I would say you're right. If I had to make a prediction right now, I would say uh, you're right. I mean, he's not going to replicate what he did statistical wise this year. I mean, could team wise, like you said, but that's always tough to do and no guarantee. So yeah, I feel like it's kind of a Caleb Swanigan, Carson Edwards type situation where his stock's not going to get any higher and mm-hmm. it's got to bet on himself. You know, the NIL does change things. Yeah, it does. Um, that's, whereas that's Carson, like, Carson and Biggie yeah. didn't have that. So where I feel, cause I feel like I say yes, but I think it's, I think I'm at like a 55, 45, like 55, he goes 45% he stays because the NIL, um, because you can tell he loves this team. He loves Purdue. He loves being a yep. student. Um, you know, again, I mean, he's going to make some money if he comes back next year. I think, you know, I think it's sounds like Purdue's going to do all they can to make it attractive. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, and I also think, I, I mean, partly what I was like, I feel he's going to leave because he's tired of getting the crap kicked out of him. Um, which we have right, right here on Facebook says, uh, he thinks he'll test the waters to come back. He thinks he's going to struggle in the NBA with the quickness. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, he'll be, 
I mean, he'll probably, I mean, at best, he'll probably be like maybe 10 minutes a game if that type of guy, like just spelling a guy just because he's 7'4 and can rebound and, you know, is, you know, has decent mobility for someone who's the size of a mountain. Um, but yeah, he's not going to be, I can't see him being more than, you know, a deep, deep bench player. Yeah, 20 years ago, he's probably top five pick. Oh, I'm Wild. Yeah. Just wild. Just wild. But uh, one other thing I want to hit on before I forget is a uh, friend of the show, Thad Mooney, sends me this every year, so I can't take credit for it. But he always sends me a breakdown of a Matt Painter to Gene Katie comparison through um, Matt's career so far at Purdue and through what Gene's was for that duration. So uh, this list is updated through 18 years. Uh, Gene, through 18 years, had an overall record of 394 wins and 168 losses, which is a 70% rate. Matt has a few more wins, but a few more losses. Uh, Matt has 413 wins and 198 losses. That's 67.6%. Big 10 numbers, Gene had 215 wins, 109 losses for 66%. Matt's at 209 and 120 for a little about 63.5%. Big 10 titles, pretty interesting here. Gene had six Big Ten titles. Matt has four regular season titles, two Big Ten tournament titles. Sweet 16s. This is a number that kind of jumped off the comparison to me. Gene only had two Sweet 16 appearances his first 18 years at Purdue. Matt has five. One Elite Eight appearance each. Mm-hmm. Assuming Edie wins National Player of the Year. One National Player of the Year each. Then Gene, after this 18 years, from 97 through 05, his teams averaged a finish of sixth place in the Big Ten. No Big Ten titles, but he had three Sweet 16 appearances and one Elite Eight. So, That's wild that his teams did pretty crazy. Yeah, his teams did better in tournament after, you know, kind of dominating for a while. Yeah, it was really Brian Cardinal's teams. Brian yeah. Cardinal got three Sweet 16s um, mm. and Elite Eight. And Elite Eight. Yep. So, uh, you know, that, that that was a good nucleus of foundation of winners there. And then, uh, unfortunately, after Cardinal and those guys were done, Gene's career went way downhill, mm-hmm. made one yeah. tournament after that. Um, recruiting kind of died on the road, and yeah. it was just time to make a change. But just interesting, Inter- interesting because, you know, uh, in a lot of Purdue's fans' eyes, Gene could do no wrong. And Gene's right. looked at as the best uh, Purdue men's basketball coach in history. And uh Matt's on pace to break pretty much everything he's done, which is which is yeah. just interesting. And and if if there's a world of social media, Gene would have probably got the same criticism oh, Matt's getting yeah. right now, if not worse. Yeah, so. I think yeah, yeah. Painter was able to. I mean, I don't know because I mean, we were so young for the for the, you know the last part of Gene's career, so I don't really remember a whole lot. You know, I wasn't paying attention to recruiting. Didn't know really what it was at that point. I just you know cheer for the guys who who I would show up at the games and cheer for those guys who were Purdue. Um, but I feel like, you know, Painter pretty quickly elevated the level of expectation with maybe Boilers and getting to a Sweet 16, you know, pretty quickly in yeah. his career. Um, and obviously flirting with, you know, being, you know, a number one seed in that fateful in that fateful year. Yep. Um, and, you know, having it all kind of ripped apart and then be like, okay, you know, he had bad luck then, but like, this is what he's doing. He can really build it. And I think that's just, yeah, he's kind of the, I mean, which just comes with success, which is what you I mean. It's a good problem to have. Yep. Uh, right here on Facebook, another comment about Edie. Uh, he's heard his NIL deal is very complicated because of his Canadian status. That could play part of an, in his decision as well. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, he can't make money technically here in the U.S. without a work visa, which could be in the works, but it, it also depends on the U.S. government, which we know takes their sweet time on just about everything. Um, 
but I mean, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, he was he's making money this year. He's making good money, and, and like I mean, you see things like Oscar Sheboy's in the same boat. Um, we're being in, you know not uh, a citizen, and he's making two million dollars, and it was well documented how he was able to do it. So, and I don't think it's that hard, but it's it is just it's yeah, it's definitely more hoops than the other guys who were Americans. Yeah, another thing I wanted to point out, it's kind of switching subjects here, but it, it, it's been on my mind a lot lately since Friday's game. It's crazy the different, not only expectations, that's not what I'm looking for, but just the different mindset of a call, being a Purdue college football fan and a mm-hmm. Purdue college basketball mm-hmm. fan. Because Purdue can go 8-4, and 9-3 and three in football. I'm tickled pink. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I don't care what happens in the bowl game, you know? And, like, this year they went to the Big Ten Championship for football. Mm-hmm. Lost, but didn't bother me too much. Right. Uh, whereas basketball is totally different. Like we said, the fans' expectations kind of crunch down now to a three-week tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just totally different. Totally, totally different. Like, because – and, you know, maybe when the college football playoff expands to 12, maybe some – miraculous year down the road we sneak in Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to make the college football playoff as four teams as it stands yeah you know that's that's not your expectation and i don't know it's just it's just just so different it's so different like because football you don't have that win or go home scenario unless you make the playoff right yeah you know what i'm saying so it's just Mm -hmm. it's hard to compare but i was just thinking about that the other day how different yeah i think maybe just because are you know just because of the fact that Especially in football, there's just so many different levels to being dominant and have that stranglehold on it. Whereas, like with basketball, obviously a lot less players, no duh. Yep. But also, like, you know, you don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. You know, you could have one guy who just goes off, you know, just it's his night. And I mean, kind of like as we saw with like, I mean, Brewer gets Ohio State in 2018, you know, Ohio State has, you know, by by every measurable, was like way better than Brewer on every level that you can think yeah. of in college football, but caught him on the right night, you know, yep. and just whooped him. Uh, yep. But, and yeah, it's just kind of like that same thing. It's just basketball. It's like, and with basketball too, you can, you know, one player can make a huge difference on a team right. versus football. Like, I mean, yeah, we had Rondell Moore and that was a huge thing, but like, right. It, yeah. I mean, it's, I'd rather have, you know, Jay Nivey makes a lot bigger impact than Rondell. Yes. Yes. You could have a great quarterback and he has nothing around him. Right. I mean, look at, Jared There's Allen, horrible, horrible you know? offensive line. You know, yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why a lot of times we see these NFL take guys who were good but didn't have anything around them, or their team wasn't very good. Look at Anthony Richardson, which I'm on record. I think he's going to be a bust. But he's a freak athlete. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be a bust. But you know why teams are looking at him is because he's he was a great player and he should have had talent around him at Florida, but his team was awful. So right. I mean. You know, we see that a lot more in football than we do basketball. That's a mm-hmm. good point, but it's just interesting when you compare. And, and I know I've told you and Andrew in our in our text, and Andrew unfortunately couldn't join us tonight, but we thank thank him again for being our other co-host this year for the Boiler Break podcast, Break Boiler Breakdown podcast. Boiler Break is our Twitter handle. Uh, uh, but like I told you guys, I'm really going to try to enjoy football this mm-hmm. year because don't have a lot of expectations and going to try to be stress free because you know, come basketball season. There's definitely got to be some expectations, or if not, in the back of our minds, we're already gonna be worrying about March. We're gonna win. So. The, we're gonna win the Maui, and it's like, gosh dang it, here we go! Like <laughs> expectations, which that's gonna be a fun tournament. It is. It is, and that's almost maybe. I'm glad we won it. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost maybe the worst thing that could have happened to this team was winning that PK, mm-hmm. because it took 
expectations from nothing to skyrocket. Yeah. In a hurry. Yeah. Um, because, you know, my dad was saying he he didn't think we ever played the same after we got back from that tournament. Even in games no. we were winning, you know, against Davidson and the Boiler Classic, we were lucky to get away with a win because we didn't shoot well. And, you know, Nebraska in overtime and Lincoln, which Nebraska was an approved team this year, don't get me wrong. But we didn't put a lot of those little teams away before mm-hmm. Big Ten season. And then Big Ten season is just the usual grind it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting season to look back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it sucks. And it, yeah, because like we've, we've already said nauseum, but it just it sucks because it was such a fun season, you know, as crappy as February <laughs> probably was. But mm-hmm. like, it just sucks that it, when it ends like this, it like, it, like I said, like it takes away the fact that, you know, yep. the excitement that we had watching, you know, them get to the final of the Big Ten tournament and winning the Big Ten tournament, you know, against Penn State, against Micah. You know, having that you know elation after they beat Wisconsin on the road to clinch a sole possession, and then then you know you know winning it by three games at home against Illinois, which I thought was going to be a team that was going to get pretty a lot of trouble, which they did. But you know, seeing that elation, you know, them being able to lift the trophy at home after a win and all that, like it just kind of, you know, I mean, it, yeah, it just, it just sucks. It's really all I can really say is it just sucks. Yeah, I think we've pretty much caught, pretty much recapped this and discussed this and as much as we can, unless any other questions roll in mm-hmm. but um not not a fun way to recap the season a couple years in a row now yeah so hopefully that changes soon hopefully that changes soon. i'd rather be i don't know <laughs> i said i'd rather be in heart heartbreak like we were in 2019 when we were discussing the virginia game but that yeah, one still that one that one sucked but like that was just like it was just a different i mean i'm i mean it was, that was devastating i mean yes no doubt like it was it was more like I think that one was more internal. Like, I mean, I'm not sure it's going to even make any sense, but that one was sucks internally. It was like, God, we were right there. Like that was, you know, God, that was our chance. But then this one sucks. It's like, wow. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> but everybody is now piling on like, yeah. like to the point where it's like, man, can I wear a Purdue shirt out in Indianapolis right now? Because I'm afraid I'm going to get like, you know, just get laughed off the street, which it shouldn't matter. But right. You know, it's just things like that. Like go through my head of like, Oh my sure. God. Like, sure. Gonna... Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it was – and you know, how different is this viewed if, if we make the Final Four in 2019 or win the National Championship in 2019? Right. You know? Yeah. You know? So, Boiler Max on uh, YouTube says, Walter Ball, baby. Yep. Absolutely. Today started Practice. spring ball. Yep. And coach is looking swaggy, and so is assistant <laughs> coaches showing off their uh, their fits with their Jordans, <laughs> their Nikes today. So – Something uh, previous staff we would not have seen. No, um, I did see our our old buddy Pang Durham was must have been practicing with his buddy Jack Plummer at Louisville because oh, he really? was at their stadium today. Hmm. Yeah, he was doing like a three sixty Instagram story thing, and then Jack was walking out, so they must have been playing catch. Yeah. Which, I think they were what they roommates. I think they were, yeah. Which was neat because Pang was also real close with Aiden too, so yeah. it was like you know yeah. no favoritism either way there. I saw there was a. I don't know where I read it, but like I saw, it was like that George was going to be working out at Louisville. In the yes, office, and I was like, yes. mm, this sucks. I mean, I hundred percent get it. Like he's close with Brom. Like that's exactly what he said. You know, he yeah. he likes Ryan Walters, likes the new staff. Of course, he's going to be a boiler till the end. But he his loyalty also plays with the Brahms. I mean, yeah. that's why he went there. So I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's 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 rough to see, but I get it. Uh, yeah. uh, but another 
positive Boilermaker football uh, note, ex-Boiler uh, quarterback David Blau signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals today. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's good enough to get him through camp. Yeah. I sure hope. He's already had a longer and better NFL career than I ever thought he would. So Yeah. So everything's gravy from here on out, I think. I thought so. he'd be a, a GA at Purdue by now. Oh, yeah. I, 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 some of the other Purdue quarterbacks that did not take an NFL snap or did not – Playing as many games or mm-hmm. s- definitely start as many games as David, um, it's, it's pretty crazy to think. But David's just a—he's a warrior and he's a leader. And those mm-hmm. those things get you far. So he's a gamer. Um, any other boiler football news or or anything before we do some thank yous to our sponsors? I don't think so. It's I just I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the 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 videos that come out from this, from the yeah. staff just kind of seem, it just got me excited. I mean, it's got me excited, which is all you can ask for. Yep. I'm mean, excited either way, you know, coming off the year that, you know, the crew had, um, but I just, yeah, the energy of the staff just feels different, which is good. It does. Um, really excited to see, you know, what can happen with recruiting, you know, what's going to happen with the portal. Um, and just to happen with quarterback race. I yeah. assume Hudson card wins it, but yeah. every position's open. So yeah. it's going to be, which a, I like here just because of the schedule, but looking to see sure. you know, how they roll it out. But, you know, if you get off to a hot start in a non-con, the momentum and the excitement goes with the program because you start mm-hmm. with Fresno State, and then you host Syracuse, then you go on the road to Virginia Tech. So mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely some, some some name programs there Absolutely. for sure. But interested to see what the guys look like uh, when we roll out in September. And we'll have more more talk on that in, in, in the summer whenever we hop on here and do a, do a pod. But uh, we definitely want to thank our sponsors this year. Of the podcast, that's Mad Mushroom in the shop, and of course, right now at Mad Mush, you can get uh, five dollars off any order over twenty dollars when you use Break Five discount code Break Five online. You can also just tell them the weather breakdown sent you in person, and you want to take advantage of the Pizza of the Month in March, which is. Hannah's Homemade Veggie Pie. It's Mad Mushroom's vegetarian refried bean blend with black beans, corn, green peppers, onions, diced tomatoes, and cheddar and mozzarella cheeses. Starting at just $14. So you can get two of those bad boys. Use your discount break five. Get $5 off your order. Or you can get one of those and get a cheese stick. You can get one of those and get a grinder. You can get one of those and get wings. Get one of those and get multiple beers uh, to drown your sorrows away from the season. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, make sure you tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you if you go in person or use that discount code BREAK5 for $5 off any order over $20. And as always, Mad Mushroom, feed your head. We really appreciate their support again uh, for this entire Purdue football and basketball season that we cover here on the Boiler Breakdown podcast. I also want to thank the shop. Um, you know, they've been, this is their, set, their second season with us. We've loved having them. Great partners. Uh, you know, store that we all, you know, love going to, whether it be online or in person. Um, you know, especially this time of year with with May. Now that March is officially over, it doesn't matter what's going on. The tournament's canceled. You know, the next big thing here, at least in the state of Indiana, is Indy 500 coming up. Oh, the shirts so, are awesome. The shirts are they, so cool. This is definitely, yeah. That's definitely their bread and butter. If you haven't checked them out already, go check them out. Um, you know, and you know, it's kind of where they kind of I think kind of made their name was with those. They've been making sure it's 2011, Purdue owned. 
Um, great people. Two, uh, they've got two brick and mortar locations, one in uh, Carmel, one in Broad Ripple in Indy. Uh, but you also go to the shopindy.com. Use promo code breakdown for 20% off your entire order. You know, the, the code's not going to last very Usually they kind of make it last until the until the season's over. So this is your last chance to use it and get 20% off. But they, they always have deals going on, whether it's free shipping, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so check them out. Great people. You know, definitely kind of a mom and pop type of store. You know, incredibly comfortable shirts. Um, you know, they do drinkware, hoodies, hats, all that kind of it's Pacers, Colts, Purdue, Indiana, Butler, Ball State, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's it's been they've been really fun to work with and hopefully continue that partnership moving forward. Absolutely. We thank both for their uh their partnership and sponsorship of our podcast. We could not do this without their help. Well, like I said, this is the last episode for the uh season, the twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three produce sports season but we'll be back we'll be back this summer with some maybe some interviews some trivia some if there's breaking news we'll hop on but in the meantime you can follow us on all of our social media you can uh, like our facebook page boiler breakdown you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at boiler break pod and subscribe to our youtube channel we do all of these live on youtube twitter and facebook so you can catch us in video format there and of course on audio we uh, stream the next day to all of your favorite podcast platforms. So please give us a subscribe there if you haven't already. And if you do that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and review. Really appreciate it. More and more Purdue content starting to develop. More and more Purdue podcasts are coming out. That's a great thing. It's a great thing. We've been doing this since, uh, I think, officially 2018. Yep. Um, it was kind of a, a spinoff in 2017, but we made it a thing in 2018. And so we've been doing it for a while. We really enjoy it. We're going to keep doing it while we enjoy it. Um, thanks for if you, want to close, if you want to collab with anybody. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We're always uh, looking for to have guests on, especially for our trivia episodes. Um, thanks for sticking with us through the basketball season. We probably didn't pump up pump out as many episodes as we have in the past but uh my life evan's life andrew's life we got really busy uh this year especially in the winter but uh thanks for sticking with us through that uh, we'll be back in the fall big time regularly and like i said uh give us a follow give us a like you can even follow evan and i here personally if you want i'm at tanner lee 92 on twitter and instagram he's at et underscore web on twitter and instagram too Yes, sir. Okay. I didn't know if you had a different handle or not. I couldn't remember. So if you want to follow us on there, more than welcome to. And uh, Andrew, I don't remember his his, his uh, handles on top of my head. I think, I think it's A Eiler 3 or A underscore Eiler 3, something like that. You can follow him too, especially if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan. Go follow him. <laughs> uh, that, this, is, this, is his, this is his prime season coming yeah. up. So well, it's actually uh, about ready to end because the offseason is about ready to end. That's, that's oh, yeah. yeah, that's his prime <laughs> season because he can get his hopes up for a 100 loss season. <laughs> so, uh, with that said, unless you got anything else, uh, Webby, uh, as always, is boiler up and hammer down. No, I was to say thanks to David Jenkins. Um, it's been fun, you know, for a guy who's only been here for a year, he's been great. You know, the fact you know, just watching him beat shot clocks all season long was a lot of fun. You know, it got to the point where I was like, as soon as it feels a shock, I was ending. He shot, I was like, it's in. Like, you just kind of, you didn't, you didn't even worry about it. But it sucks to see him, you know, not be able to go out on a better note. But, you know, appreciate everything he did coming in and working hard for Portland Nation because we definitely, we loved him. Well said. Well said. Yeah, uh, boiler up. Boiler up. <laughs>